Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Increase of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Ko-fi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at increaseofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. everyone, and welcome to the 26th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today I have with me Ryan Dean from Dangerous World Podcast. How's it going, bro? I'm doing really good, dude. Excited to talk with a, a new podcaster that's been uh, pumping out some great episodes, man. A lot of episodes, too. Hey, man, I'm just over here trying my best. We had some fun about a week ago or so talking about Pornhub comments. <laughs> you were on that one? Damn, dude. Yeah, master man. debaters. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny man yeah no it, those things all run together for me you know what i mean and they're so fun though hey man that's why i had to hit you up i had so much fun on that conversation then i already knew you know ben and jen from legit bat and i got another show with uh with matt from uh the great deception so i figured i'd set one up with you because you know you gotta have that one-on-one get to know you a bit yeah dude i'm, I'm really uh, honored that you'd have me on man because yeah this is like the time where you gotta have like the good shows so i feel honored i can be on early you know what i mean I feel honored that you made the time, man. Of course. Yeah, we'll definitely. Uh, hopefully this will be a fun conversation. We can do it again, too. I'm already excited to talk again. Oh, yeah, dude. And maybe one day I could pop on your show. That's something I'm looking forward to, too. I got to do a little oh, yeah. bit more as far as popping on other people's shows. Yeah, dude, you're welcome on, man. I like to do the deep dives into like specific topics. I know you kind of structure your show where it's more of like a conversational thing, free flowing. And I respect that, dude. I think that it's like a, a that's what's cool about podcasts. Like we were kind of talking about, you know, there's so many different ways to approach it 
And sometimes like someone that likes deep dives will just kind of want to be like, dude, I don't want to hear about, you know, the freaking Freemasons or whatever. It's just straight. I want to hear a fun conversation with some like minded people. And then they can, you know, throw on all kinds of different shows. See, like my whole thing, too, with my show is that I don't want to say it's like entry level red pill. But at the same time, though, my idea that I'm trying to do is uh, introduce people to all these different topics. So I'm kind of giving people like a pathway to get to learn about things that they may not know existed. And in the future, I'm hoping to do some more deep dive episodes. But I feel like right now I'm kind of laying the groundwork to kind of show my listeners all these different concepts that they can start to learn about within, you know, a normal conversation. So it kind of like builds up and people kind of can build up their own questions and then, you know, start to research their own things. Yeah, dude, that's the honestly, that's the move, dude. Like anytime you're trying to build your own audience, because, you know, we were talking with this guy, me and Ron from New England, and we were talking with this guy, James Roguski, who, you know, has broken this news about the World Health Organization Treaty that's going to get signed. It's going to remove sovereignty from the United States and sovereignty from like 193 other countries. Right. Um, in the case of a pandemic. And this guy was saying, you know, don't worry about people that aren't agreeing with you. Just focus on the people that you agree with. And to me, that's like completely counterproductive. You know what I mean? I think that it's real important to get more and more people that may not agree with the shit that you're saying to kind of see your way a little bit um, without like brainwashing and shit. You know, you're just straight up saying, hey, man, this is what's going on. This is factually what's happening. Your freedoms are being removed. And if you have kids, they're getting screwed over in the future when you're possibly dead and gone and you can't protect them. You know, who's teaching your kids how to live their life if you're not there? You know what I mean? So it's just it's a it's weird when I hear people say things like that. So I, I definitely respect that approach. It's building into a world, dude, where it's like the whole cancel culture concept where nobody can just sit down and have a conversation. It's like, if you don't agree with me, I'm just going to destroy you. And it sucks that the world's getting to that point. And it's like as you get generation and generation down that that whole idea is getting more solidified into their heads. So now it's getting to a point where it's like, I feel like we're the last final frontier as far as freedom of speech goes, because people don't even realize how slow they've just been stripping away all these freedoms. Cause they're not just going to instantly just take something one day. It's going to be a buildup that you won't even notice happen. And then you're going to look back and go, shit, we used to be allowed to say that. And now we can't say that. What the fuck happened? And we agreed to all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're signing your life away one lot of time, dude. And, and it's not us doing it directly, but we're complicit in it. If we're not holding people accountable like our representatives, um, that's why even though there's a lot of political fatigue right now, I try to reference it a lot. You know what I mean? Because um, I think those are the real conspiracies, dude. You know, Bigfoot's fun. Flat Earth's fun. Uh, I got a lot of flack for posting a thing about Bill Hicks and uh, Alex Jones being the same person. They're like, dude, that's a distraction. Like, well, maybe it is, man. I can't straight up just constantly look into government pedophilia all the time or I'll deep throat a shotgun if I have to fucking do that. You know what I mean? So like, let's like, let's 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 balance shit out a little bit. And uh, I don't know, man, you can't you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't in this community, it seems right now. Um, But I'm hoping that'll kind of change and this culture will kind of uh, unite. And then, you know, we can we can hopefully do some great things. That's what I'm hoping for, dude. Because I feel like if, out of any community, we're more than happy to hear out other people's ideas. So it's like we get, we kind of got to have to be the start for that. And I can agree with what you said as far as the, you know, when you investigate the pedophile stuff too much, you feel like you're going to blow your fucking head out. Because before I started my podcast, when I first started digging into stuff, I was really into uh, like Pizzagate and Adrenochrome and all that shit. And I was like, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to find like Frizzle Drip just so I could kind of like figure it out for myself. And I got so fucking far into that that I was just like, all right, <laughs> I need to pull back 
a little bit out of this. Like, I'm interested in it for sure, but like, there's other fun conspiracies you can follow while you're also following these dark conspiracies. And it's a common concept through a lot of shit, dude. It's all about balance, man. Like, you follow the dark shit and you follow the the interesting shit like Bigfoot, and it kind of just makes it so you don't feel like you're going completely fucking crazy. And then you're not, you know, doing the fucking Charlie Kelly pointing at all the different <laughs> things on the wall and fucking going crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, that stuff's like a, it's that whole, uh, you know, classic sort of example or metaphor, whatever you want to call it, like the train wreck, right? It's like such a hor- horrifying thing to see. And there's so much carnage, but you can't take your eye off of it. You know what I mean? Like this, this, like you mentioned, frazzle drip. Why the fuck would anyone want to see that video? You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where it's like, man, if we can expose this and if we can actually say like, no, I've seen that. This is a real thing. Um, I haven't seen it. I, I actually kind of tend to believe that it's not real at this point. Um, I think that it was one. Of, have you seen it? Um. So yes and no. I'll just put the it picture. that way. Like, I don't know if it was actually the real video or not, but I kind of came across something like that. It doesn't show any faces or anything, but you can like hear voices. And it was just really, really bad quality. So I don't know for sure if it was actually the video or if it was somebody that made a video as like a mock video so that they could pretend like it existed. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a whole fucking rabbit trail that it's like it's hard to follow because there's so much shit involved with it. And like one thing that I wanted to bring up is that adrenochrome, you're trying to mm-hmm. look that shit up for fucking ever and you couldn't find anything. And now there's like a top definition on Google for fucking adrenochrome because they're trying to control the narrative on that shit. Yeah, there's a chemical breakdown of it on uh, Wikipedia. You know what I mean? Like you can see like the chemical structure of what adrenochrome is. And there's a lot of information about it. And then what's weird, too, is there's a lot of these companies that are about that stuff, too. I don't know if you've heard of Ambrosia, um, which it takes blood from what they say. It's, you know, young adults. um, And then they transfuse that young blood into old older folks. Right. So let's say you're 80 years old and you're you're feeling run down you can go and get blood from a willing donor that's like 21 years old. Um, but, you know, the conspiracy people think that they're taking blood from young, young kids or even infants and, uh, you know, against their will, obviously, because they can't consent properly. And then they're putting it into these old people. So that's the same kind of idea, right? The whole concept of the adrenochrome, too, is that they're supposed to be in fear because that's when the adrenaline starts to rush. So just within the name, there has to be some form of adrenaline, whether it's like in order to have adrenaline, you have to have the flighters fight or flight response kick in. So no matter what way you look at it, if they're making adrenochrome the way that anybody's described it, even by just the name with adreno having an adrenaline in it, they have to do something to some extent like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about that idea of it. And then also just simply like, you know, just drinking blood or, or taking blood in, in one way or another. Like uh, I know Joe Biden has a weird condition where he's got, like he travels with bags of blood, if I'm not mistaken, where he has to get like transfusions. And this is even when he was younger. Um, the The royal family has porphyria, it's called, which it's like they call it the vampire disease, where you like supposedly have to have blood transfusions like weekly, if not daily. Um, and it's like the entire royal family, dude. It's it's weird, weird stuff. So you wonder if all those people. I think it's from inbreeding. And it's also it's a, a genealogical thing. Right. So. uh I don't know. It, it seems like it would absolutely be from inbreeding, but they're also related to people that have done that in the past. Right. I mean, you have uh, Vlad Dracul, the original Dracula. That's a, a ancestor of uh, Charles. You know what I mean? So this this has been in their family, these blood drinking people, Elizabeth Bathory. Yep, um, that's that what I was going to mention, the blood countess. 
Yeah, she just bathed in like virgin blood and stuff. You know what I mean? So you have these people that are that are related to them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just something passed down or it's something that you kind of because you can get Kuru too. Have you heard of Kuru? No, if you want to explain it, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, well, that's so it's a it's an interesting thing. I guess if you're eating like human meat or you're getting a lot of blood in, you get like a version of mad cow disease for humans. That makes sense. It's it's like a, that kind of fits in with all the different folklore about like cannibals going crazy. Like, yeah, it seems like it might be where that that folklore may have came from. Yeah, it inflames your brain and it makes it so like you just you freaking wig out. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Dude, the fact that people thought it was a good idea to feed cows cows and that created a mad cow disease is just beyond me, too. Because I feel like it should just it's like a universal law that everybody just inherently knows is that you don't eat the same species as yourself. Well, and dude, that whole thing, they said that that came out of Canada, out of Alberta, and it came out of like oh, Iowa or something. You know what I mean? We just blame Canada because like who gives a fuck, I guess, about I love Canada, dude. And I've talked to so many great people from Canada, but it's like, you know, the the world doesn't really respect Canada the same way. So like, oh, we'll just pass it on to Canada. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of sad. But yeah, dude, I remember that freaking mad cow outbreak, I think, in like the late 90s or early 2000s. Right. Yeah, I think it was early 2000s. It was scary, dude. And he just, I, at me as a kid, I was picturing like angry cows, you know, like murderous cows <laughs> and stuff, like some B, you know, cult horror movie thing. That's what I was thinking too. There, there was a couple of games at the time where, uh, crap, I don't remember what it was called, but there's this game that Slipknot made out of anybody. It was for a game? Yeah, PSP. And the whole premise of the game was that it was like a zombie apocalypse that was caused by mad cow disease. So like that was like my first impression of mad cow disease as a kid was playing this fucking game on my PSP where you're just running around taking out hordes of zombies that were infected by mad cow disease. <laughs> That's interesting, dude. Well, I mean, so that you kind of made me like think of something real quick, dude. Like, do you put any credence into the uh the zombie idea? Like, because there's a uh, there's plans, like uh, you know, FEMA has a plan. For a zombie outbreak the u.s government has like a plan if this were to happen and they have plans for all kinds of loony shit but do you think that there's any reality to some of this stuff like vampires zombies werewolves that stuff see i kind of go into like the cryptid side of shit so um i mean theoretically yes but even on top of that looking from like a normal not not as out there conspiracy type mindset i guess um I think that it's definitely possible for them to create things like that, especially considering that technology is probably at least 30 years more advanced than what the general public knows about. So even yeah. if they're able to create some type of like micro uh, like robotic type thing that like can reanimate a corpse, it may only be for, you know, a set amount of time until it runs out of juice. But like, I don't know, I, th I feel like it's more theoretically possible than not. And I'd also like to go back to a lot of just ancient traditions and there's been different like, times that people have spoken of of zombies it's kind of where they come from is from folklore so i mean like I, I i believe that it could be a possibility and the fact that the government made a plan about it also kind of shows that they fear it as a possibility but knowing how our government works they're so based on fear that they probably have a plan for almost fucking anything i guarantee you there's probably like a plan for if there was like a massive fucking yeah. vampire outbreak or some shit you know <laughs> like they just would rather be safe than sorry so they're gonna make all these plans if anybody mentions a zombie they're gonna be like oh shit they got a zombie plan. I think we need a zombie plan now, too. <laughs> well, dude, there were some wild things going on. Like, I know you remember that thing in Florida where that homeless dude was eating the face. And there was a, a crazy theory, too, where, you know, those guys were getting like vaccines tested on them. You know what I mean? They would get like a homeless person will get like a five thousand dollar visa credit card or debit card, I should say, like a basically a gift card that you can use anywhere. It's basically five thousand dollars cash on a card. 
and they'd get this card and then, you know, they'd test out vaccines on them. And supposedly this made this dude go crazy and eat someone's face. But um, See, that was supposed it, to be that Flocka. If you remember that drug that was popular for a minute and like bath salts, they're all part of like yeah, yeah, yeah. connected shit where I've seen some crazy videos of people with Flocka where they don't feel pain and shit. And that was the other reason I was saying that it's theoretically possible. It just may not be like zombies how we imagine, but like I've seen some crazy videos, of people high as fuck on that shit, like chasing after cars and like slamming their head into like car windows and shit. Like who's to Do say the government do doesn't that? make some crazy drug like that just to make certain areas that people go fucking crazy, you know, and they just have a reason to put them down at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like, as far as it coming from folklore too, with the zombies, that's like a, a Haitian thing. Right. Yeah. And like, I know that, they have yeah well they have the the uh there's a crime for zombification over there um trying to zombify somebody in haiti you know what i mean it's like a felony yeah and see there there might be some moral of truth to that you know like who knows if there may have been somebody that figured it out at some point like with all the occult magic type concepts out there like who knows what what could theoretically be around with it and there could be a lot more known than what we than what we know and it might just be one of those things that it's like all right, we don't do that because this may come back and bite us in the ass worse than we thought it will. <laughs> Dude, there have you looked into the theory that Bill Clinton's a zombie? No, I haven't. Tell me about this. It's goofy, but it kind of is interesting because I, his name is slipping my mind right now. I'm going to see if I can find it while I'm talking. But um, the last president of Haiti, um, shit, I can't remember his name, but there's a really, really interesting commercial of bill clinton as a, a subject or a victim of a voodoo uh ritual and it, it was supposed to air in scotland i think and it never aired because of the you know at the end he gets killed and uh it's on youtube though i think if anyone wants to go watch it just type in like bill clinton voodoo commercial and um he was really obsessed with voodoo bill clinton was and hillary was really obsessed with necromancy and there's even like video clips of uh, Bill Clinton saying that, you know, Hillary Clinton speaks with Eleanor Roosevelt because she summons her in the Lincoln bedroom, which, you know, Lincoln, Mary Todd, uh, Lincoln's wife was a clairvoyant and stuff. So there was a lot of weird, you know, underlying tones to that. And uh, so he was so supposedly Bill Clinton, when he was running for president in 92, I want to say is the term. Um he was wearing the same pair of underwear every day uh, in that last week um, because you have to basically bless an article of clothing and the underwear is the only thing that like Americans wouldn't notice. Right. Like if you're wearing the same shirt every day, people would be like, why the hell is that dude wearing the same shirt or that same tie or whatever? So he's wearing the same pair of underwear from the, the, the voodoo practicing uh, leader of Haiti supposedly goes over there to try and you know get the full like you know now he's a, a full voodoo wizard or whatever the hell they call him and then uh this guy actually makes him like his own zombie um i'll find his name when i'm done talking but yeah dude it's it's just kind of one of those goofy things because you see his face now and he's just like dying slowly you know what i mean like he looks like a freaking zombie dude he looks decrepit like his eyes are like sunken in see that's the other part about voodoo too it may not be like or zombies, I guess, that they're, like, going to rise from the dead out of their graves and be, like, half-made skeletons, shit like that. Like, I feel like if that is theoretically possible, it'd probably be something that could only happen, like, right after the person may have kicked the bucket. And yeah. Maybe there's, like, a way to, like, keep them alive past that. Like, who knows, man? Like, that occult magic shit can go deep that 
we we're just beyond it's beyond our comprehension because you know we're not part of these societies that have been working on how to do this shit for thousands of fucking years you know <laughs> yeah dude and, and there's a there's a history of those guys over there in freaking haiti too the clintons especially right and like laura silsby was going over there and just like straight up taking kids off the street and and haiti hates them so i wonder if this guy kind of knew he ended up uh converting to catholicism afterwards which is really weird because I, I i view catholicism as a pretty you know fucked up religion too um i consider myself agnostic but i lean towards christianity um just because of the the, the persecution going on right now um but dude yeah there's some wild wild things i can't find this dude's damn name i'm glad that you brought up haiti and the clintons though because that's kind of where that whole like adre- adrenochrome concept kind of comes back in is that there's more missing kids in haiti than anywhere else and there's all the you know millionaires islands that are around haiti coming into america so theoretically they could just lose the kids within those islands and traffic them back into the united states and even if you don't believe in the whole adrenochrome concept i feel like the all the black book projects that the government has going on, they've always had to have some type of funding for it. So like from me talking to people, I've heard from Vietnam war vets that they said the whole idea of the Vietnam war is to smuggle a bunch of cocaine out of Vietnam. And both sides knew that the safest place to be on the war was the cocaine boats and nobody shot at them. Uh, in the nineties, you go eighties, you go into, you know, the crack epidemic where the government was making money off crack. And then you go into the nineties where they're making money off of heroin. Uh, so, past that like what's a, what's something you can make endless amounts of money off of that has no overhead as far as you're concerned because you don't have to have a processing facility anything like that it's fucking trafficking kids and the fact that the trafficking issue has gotten so bad now that like you don't even see amber alerts like that's that's what completely fucking throws me off you think you'd see more amber alerts now than ever but you don't see shit and with well, the whole mask thing a point that i've brought up to a few people is like hear me out with the masks dude they push that shit hard especially for the kids and they're still pushing it for the kids but you're at the store somebody wants to traffic your kid think about how easy it is for them to put a different hoodie on them put tape over their mouth and put their mask back on and they can make your kid look like it's a totally different kid and your kid couldn't even say anything for help because they have their fucking mouth tape shut because when I mean, you're so used to seeing people wear masks you won't even think twice about it so my belief too is the whole pressing of the masks particularly still has to do with the whole government trying to make money off of trafficking people. Dude, the Amber Alert stuff that you mentioned there too, um, that Laura Silsby girl that that was, you know, tapped into by the Clintons to go and capture kids in Haiti, she freaking leads that organization or she led it. You know what I mean? Like, so how is that making any sense to anyone that a lady that was charged in a different country in Haiti charge for the attempted kidnapping of children and now she's put in charge of an organization that's supposed to find missing kids and still there's another connection too with you know like the clintons being involved with epstein so it's like it all kind of circles back into oh yeah shit where it's like almost undeniable that no matter what way you look at it be it adrenochrome or just trafficking or pedophilia like the connections are there and people are just choosing to look past them if you don't see them at this point because nobody's hanging out at Epstein's Island and not knowing what the fuck's going on. Like everybody wants to stand on like, like I, I don't pick any political side. I'm not one of those people because I can't really fully agree with both sides. I kind of sit in the middle because I like certain concepts from both, but even yeah. like Trump, for example, like a lot of the girls that Epstein was involved with came from like Trump resorts and stuff. So like everybody wants to deny Trump and look at him like he's some kind of savior as far as that kind of shit goes. But like, honestly, like I feel like he was involved with it just as much as anybody else. 
Yeah, dude, you know, Trump, this guy's name, by the way, before I forget to mention it, it's uh, Jean Bertrand Aristide. Um, Aristide is spelled exactly how it sounds. But if you guys wanted to look him up or anything, it's he's a weird, weird dude. And uh, he ended up fleeing to Venezuela after this whole like controversy broke. Um, But uh, yeah, the uh, the Trump's uh, what was her name? Ivana, his wife was like best, best friends with um, Maxwell. And people will kind of justify, well, he left her, right? You know, and ends up with, uh, you know, Melania and all this stuff. But, man, I, there's too much there for me. I was big on the Trump train when I first, you know, got when I when I saw him come in, I thought he was a piece of shit. Right. And then I started looking into him a little more and I was like, well, he's saying stuff like he talks like I do. This is something that we always complain about. The politicians are fake. This guy seems super real. And then now, you know, I'm. I'm totally regretting that this is the only election that I ever voted in was the 2020 election, the most controversial freaking election that we've ever had. And I voted in that damn thing. You know, I contributed to it. So like I said, it's with so many things. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's just I don't know what the answer is to all the corruption, but uh, they kind of have us by the balls, dude. And that's I, I do like looking into it, though. I feel like they try to do this thing too, where they try to make relatable characters to try to get people to follow them more. Like I've been talking about it with the whole Elon Musk thing that I, I think he's actually an evil genius. Uh, yeah, yeah. They try to make him relatable. Same with Trump. Like everybody liked Trump because he was relatable. And once he gets to a point where people are relatable, they'll look past things in order to like, you know, try to stay, keep you in a good spot in their head where it's like, Trump, for example, like all the different connections he has to Epstein, but everybody likes him so much because he made himself relatable and was talking shit on Twitter that everybody like looks past that. Like, I feel like there was like a game plan there that he knew that shit was going to come out in the wash. And that's why he did the things he did. And I mean, same with Elon Musk, dude, like if anybody else, if it was Bill Gates, literally anybody else on the fucking planet talking about Neuralink, everybody could be like, go fuck yourself. But because it's the guy that smoked weed on Joe Rogan, everybody's like, yeah, that sounds like it might be cool. Like. I'm not letting anybody like we're worried about the vaccines and this dude's trying to put fucking microchips in people's necks and shit. Like that's the ultimate form of control, bro. Cause once that shit's in you and if you can't theoretically remove it or it needs updates and shit like that, they have you by the fucking balls, dude. Like, sorry, unless you get your vaccine, you don't get the, the neural link update. So now, you know, you can't connect to everybody else. So now you're just kind of like old software data with bugs. <laughs> or we'll shut you off. You know what I mean? Like the, what was that one movie like limitless or something with it? You know, everyone lived to a certain age, I think. Was what oh, that movie was called, and they, you just die once you. You talking don't about the, one with the timer? Yeah, and in time, I think the like, one with Justin Timberlake. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, is that it? The time. In time. Oh, in time. Okay, there you go. So yeah, I mean, like it could be like that, dude. And then you know we're talking about zombies. How's that for a little zombie freaking theory right there? If you got a chip in your brain and you die, or you get killed or whatever, or they just want to put you down, they can reanimate your corpse with some like electronic stimulant. You know what I mean? And and then you're just popping up and you're you're walking around. Like a damn zombie. So I don't know, dude. There's there's so much stuff, dude. The way tech's going too, bro. Like anybody, it, if something is attached to the internet in some way, shape, or form, somebody's gonna try to find a way to hack it. And I'm not gonna be one of those people that possibly gets hacked by if somebody figures out how to hack Neuralinks. Like I, I'm not willing to take that risk. And I don't know if you watch Black Mirror, but there's like an episode where John Hamm's in it, and uh, yeah. he unintentionally admits to a crime while he's trying to interrogate somebody else. So they end up uh, like blocking him from everybody. So because he has the chip in his brain and his eye and wherever, wherever it was set up in that show, they're, they're able to pretty much block 
him where to everybody else, he just looked like a red blob and everybody else to him looked like gray blobs and he couldn't interact with anybody because they just said, all right, you're done. So yeah. like if there's people in our community, for example, and they're like, all right, you don't need to be communicating with other people. Like how easy would it be just to like block it off so that none of us could talk to each other like that? Dude, gun the head. Do you have a favorite episode of that show? Uh, Black Mirror? Yeah, dude. It's a great show. Honestly, I got it's probably that Black Mirror that uh, when I was just talking about with John Hamm, because I like the whole part with the whole like interrogation thing where they like it isn't directly the guy, but it's like the animation of the guy. And I also dig that one where it's like a it's like a roadshow attraction. And he's just talking about like AI through time where there was like Black Museum, dude. Yeah. Yep. With the mom where she only had two forms of communication. So they're like, all right, we definitely need to make new laws as far as like how people can interact once they become AI and all that kind of shit. Yeah, dude, that is a, it's such a good show, man. There's, I, I kind of go through phases where I like certain episodes. I like that video game one a lot. That was and the then, first one I saw and I was tripping balls on acid when I fucking watched it. So oh. I was so fucking paranoid the whole time I went through my house, turned every light on and shit, dude. And I was like, bro, I swear to God. And when I put on this VR set back in 2012, like that's when it started, bro. Oh, VR. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. No, I mean, the first one I saw was, I think it's called white bear. And it's the one where the girl is living through, uh, some weird so she's running you don't really know what's going on but like she's running through the like forest and houses and stuff and people are just like sitting there filming her with their phones and she doesn't know why but she knows people are chasing her she knows that they want to hurt her but all that they're doing even if they get right up to her they just film her with their phone and you end up finding out later she's going through a simulation because she killed a kid or her husband or boyfriend or whatever killed a kid and she filmed the the murder with her phone and so she has to relive this whole thing. But, dude, there's a scene in that where it shows a calendar. And I was watching it the exact day. It was October, whatever it says on there. And th- it turns out it's my grandma's birthday, too, who had recently passed away. Um, and it was a, the, even down to, like, the same day. So it was, like, a Friday, October, whatever it is. And then, you know, it was wild. And so like I was like, dude, there is some reason to watch this show. You know what I mean? And then, like, I start getting into them, and there's just so many relevant episodes to the stuff that I talk about all the time. You know what I mean? And that you talk about and and stuff that, honestly, everyone should at least pay attention. That's predictive programming at some of the highest level. Dude, it's I feel like they're, they they kind of got to a point, too, where uh, they're running out of ideas, in a sense, just because it's becoming so close to how life is actually becoming. So that's why yeah. they staggered the episodes out so much. But I also feel like whoever writes that show, it's kind of like an HP Lovecraft type of situation where they might possibly know a lot more than they lead off, but they need to hide yeah. it in a show, but they're trying to inform people. So I always highly recommend people watching that show because it definitely brings up a lot of different ideas. Like even with the neural link going into AI, one concept that I always try to tear apart is if they say that they can take our consciousness, there's either two things that are going to happen. One, it's just a copy of you and it's not actually you. So your consciousness can never actually be saved. It's more so just making your family members around you feel better, feeling like they have a copy of you that's not really you. Yeah, yeah. Or two, if there is an afterlife and it it does find a way to trap your consciousness, it may be theoretically on purpose because I don't know if you've gotten into the whole like, uh, I don't want to say like devil landscape where there's the whole like they're trying to create this augmented reality because like the, the devil can't manifest or demons can't manifest within this reality, but they could manifest within a virtual reality. So you could like control reality essentially by making like a metaverse. So either way, 
I don't see like a good outcome because either one, it's a copy of you or two, you're trapped and you never actually get to see what the real actual afterlife is. If there is one, you know? Yeah. I mean, tying to that, that one episode that you were talking about with John Hammond and um, you know, when, when the one girl gets her consciousness kind of like sucked out or part of it at least. And it's just like this miserable little thing that's in a room that's controlling her house and like all aspects of her scheduling. Do you remember that part of it where, yeah, where it's the egg where it's like, yeah, they copied her consciousness and they like almost like, what, what was it? They put, they put her in where she was sitting bored. She's like, I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to do anything for you. And, and they, they speed up time. It, so it's like a hundred years. And she's like, fine, I'll do whatever. Just please don't make me sit alone for another hundred years. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, and so like if a part of your consciousness was miserable like that, that would probably have like a, a profound effect on your life, dude. You know what I mean? And, and even if, you know, like you said, if you died, and this little fraction of your consciousness is left back. Yeah, maybe you're not going to get like the full experience of what death is. And, you know, I, I can wait for death. But, you know, I'm sure that whatever happens after this is is probably better. You know what I mean? Unless you're a horrible, horrible person. Um, and then I mean, but who knows? It'd be a sick joke if it was all the same for all of us. You know what I mean? No matter what you did in this world and you get the same experience after you die. Um that would be kind of fucked up. It'd be like a really, really dark joke, but. But hey, man, if you believe same. in like reincarnation and shit like that, I mean, there could be stuff that happens for a reason where you're supposed to have like shitty things happen to you so that you can learn from your other experiences to lead into another life. Or, you know, maybe you're supposed to be a piece of shit this life because then your next life, you're supposed to be like a really good person. Or mm -hmm. if it's just consciousness trying to experience itself, then at that point, it's like you have to experience every corner of what the world could possibly hold or be, be it good or evil, you know? Yeah, man. And that's something that I don't think about too often. I try not to honestly, because I think that that is, um, it's a scary thing. It's deep. I was looking at uh, near death experience stuff, you know, and that's a really, really intense thing to look into because not everyone has the same experience and only a small percentage of people actually have a good experience when they have near death experiences. When you actually look into the research, um, there's, you know, multiple books written on it and people do pretty massive case studies, you know, talking to thousands of people and some people see nothing, you know what I mean? Some people literally just feel nothing, a, a decent portion feel that they're in some dark void and they're actually scared and they want to get out of this dark void, but it's just blackness all around you. And that, that to me is scary. If you experience that, um, I don't know if you've ever had a near death experience, but I've been hit on the head several times, like hard. And um, I've never felt anything. I've never seen a light. My life's never flashed before my eyes. Um, but like this one that I would consider the closest thing that I've had to a near-death experience, I changed my whole outlook on life after that. But I don't remember my, my consciousness going through anything, uh, you know, profound at all. I just woke up and I was kind of covered in blood. <laughs> that was it. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be one of those things, too, where it's almost like a dream that it's uncomprehendable according to like standard met like how, how you view the world normally. So maybe one of those things where if you do see some crazy shit, your brain not be might not be able to like decipher what happened. So it just comes off as like a blank slate. Like for the first yeah. like 10 seconds, I'm awake and I can remember my dreams. Then after that, it's just like I just remember going to sleep and waking up and I don't remember anything in the middle. So, I mean, there could be a lot of near death experiences that are like that. But the most horrifying thing to me, like you mentioned, is just being in like a black void because it's just like, I don't want to just be a thought within a dark void forever. Like, what would you do at that point? Or hear me out. This is a crazy concept. What if that's how reality is created? 
is because you just get lost within your own head and your own consciousness. And then you form another reality or another dimension off of the fact that you're just sitting in a void and emptiness. And maybe that's where the whole idea of like God came from, that there was just the black void and then everything started being created. Maybe like that's the God of each different dimension or reality is somebody that was sitting in that black void and that black void may not actually be something scary. That might be a place where things can be created from. That's interesting. Cause yeah, they say what in the beginning there was nothing, not even darkness, right? It was, there was nothing, you know what I mean? And then like all this shit just gets created. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think that that's that far out, dude. It's just something that's, that's again, it's scary to think about. I don't know if you'd seen that movie enter the void. Have you, have you checked that out? It sounds familiar. I may have seen it. I watched some movie that had the word void in the name, but I don't think it had to do with that premise. It was more like a, like an interdimensional cult movie. And so this one, it's like a first person perspective. And it's like a bunch of researchers that are like, they research near death experiences and research death. And you're basically uh, the person that you're viewing the world from in this movie, the first person uh, they die. And like, you get the DMT experience and like all that crazy shit. And the guy's actually smoking DMT while he's alive. And then he gets shot. And then it's like his whole death process. And you're viewing that as if you're dying. It sounds pretty cool. I'm actually going to look that up after the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's kind of boring. You may want to get high or something. If you do, if you dabble in any of that kind of stuff, or if you drink or whatever, just like, you know, get a little fucked up before you watch it. Cause <laughs> there's some parts where you're watching it and you're like, this scene could be cut in like to a 10th. You know what I mean? But supposedly it's very accurate. You know, like this, there's this whole scene where the DMT scene is actually pretty cool because he sits there on his bed and they're in Tokyo and it's all in English, but they're in Tokyo and, you know, he's he closes his eyes and he sees like this weird like blob like I've never done DMT, but he sees this weird blob and it's, you know, vivid colors and really crazy shapes. And then he ends up going to a bar, gets shot. And then he's flying around the city and like not in a corny way. It's it's really well done, but it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to go in there expecting to be like blown away because it's a slow movie. Supposedly, like I said, very accurate depiction of death. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's, it sounds it sounds interesting to me, but I, I almost appreciate the movies that are more realistic in that sense, too. But I definitely feel like there's a lot of movies you got to get high for in order to watch yeah. them because there's just like a lot of scenes that are like the director deemed it necessary to keep to make them that long. But as like a viewer, you're not watching it that way. Like another good example of that is 2001, a space odyssey. Yeah. Great movie. But there's so many scenes that are just like, all right, that was a 10 minute scene of just like a view of space. Like it's very cool. Yes. But it definitely could have been cut down to like 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and it's almost like, you know, it's because Stanley Kubrick's a freaking genius, like literally a genius, right? His IQ is off the charts. I mean, the guy was very smart, probably knew some things that he that he wasn't supposed to share, probably. Right. According to his daughter, at least um, his daughter goes as far as saying he was clairvoyant. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, I wonder if these people actually kind of have tapped into something. They're clearly well researched um, with the Enter the Void movie and stuff. But, um, you know, it is tough to say, like, you know, we're used to things like avatar and Marvel movies and all these movies that have so many uh, like effects that they don't even have a storyline. So it's almost when it's just straight storyline and when it's so such a good storyline and maybe even so realistic, we're like, dude, why is this going like this? You know what I mean? Like, why can't it be more fireworks and uh, Michael Bay effects and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know, man, 
That's but yeah, kind it's of a good one. The people though, because it's kind of like that's how life's getting. Everybody wants just everything that's so flashy and constant all the time. That's why a lot of people don't read books anymore. That's why a lot of people, you know, don't watch documentaries anymore. It's because they're just so used to like you go on the internet. Here's a seven second video. Here's a seven second video. Here's a seven second video. You watch movies and it's like you like you said Marvel and shit, where it's like. They get to a point where it's like they have so many special effects that people don't even notice that there's not even a fucking storyline to the movie anymore. So it's like people don't appreciate a good storyline because they're just so used to that quick, quick, here's the next thing going on, you know? That you look past things that are definitely more than interesting that have way more time and thought put into them over just something that's just gonna, you know, like, ooh, bright and shiny. That's pretty much what we're turning into here again. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, if you watch Stanley Kubrick movies, right, and it sounds like you have, I'm sure that you've seen The Shining. I'm sure you've seen, uh, have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? Yeah, actually, I have that one on my list. That's one that I haven't seen that I do need to watch. But another one, another great one, you know, uh, Clockwork Orange, MK Ultra. I mean, all of his movies linked to something. So I feel like almost everybody in the conspiracy community, like, knows of all the, knows of his movies and knows the premise of the movies and knows what he was trying to get at with his movies, at least. Dude. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut, I would say, is actually my favorite movie of his, uh, personally. I don't know if you've seen Full Metal Jacket. That's another great one from him. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, great movie. It's almost two movies in one because you got like the boot camp scene and then like the actual war uh, scene. So I see it as kind of like two movies. Clockwork Orange is great, man. We used to watch that as kids, which is fucked up. You know, yeah, especially because there's that. a rape scene in the first like five minutes of a movie. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the girl has bombs on her, dude. It's not like, uh, you know, she's she's a hot hot chick but no there's um you got full bush too <laughs> you get full bush and uh almost like penetration too there's some there's some dark scenes in that but yeah my parents were always like you know let me watch anything and like my friend's parents usually would let us watch anything you know what i mean so it was kind of i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing um but like in, in contrast to the helicopter parenting that goes on today i think that it's a good thing i, I don't think that you should shelter your kids from hearing the word fuck or you know because See, I'm one of those parents just like that. I'll swear in front of my kids. And because of that, my kids know what words not to say. Like I have a sailor mouth and I say fuck in front of my kids all the time. But if I say, hey, say fuck, they won't say it because they know better because it's not taboo <laughs> at that point. You know, like if, if you they go their whole life never hearing a word, then they hear it. They just want to say it. But if they hear you say it all the time, they're just like, all right, whatever. It's just a fucking word. I just know I can't say it. <laughs> well, and not only that, and, and I'm sure that you wouldn't even really care if they said it in private. You don't want them saying that in public, probably. Right. I mean, like in front of their teachers but at the end of the day it's just a fucking word and but what what i see the value of actually saying it in front of your kids is in my opinion i don't have kids so i might be talking out of my ass but if you if you go your your whole life not hearing a word and then you hear it not only are you going to want to say it it might scare you to hear that word you know what i mean um because you know that it's a bad word and and uh you know what's going to happen if i say this word you know someone's going to hit me or something you know what i mean it's just because uh, I used to have friends like that where my dad would actually slip up and, you know, say shit or something if he dropped something. And the kid would look at him like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen right now? And my dad would notice that and be like, this kid's a pussy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's different ways of parenting. And like I said, I, I've never done it, so I don't know. Um, I babysat my sister a lot. I'm 13 years older than her, and she'd hear me say everything. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know, man. It, there's there's a problem though with the way that kids are being raised today as a whole and the way that they're being like pushed information and things like that but um Shit, i don't want to get homeschool my daughters because i don't I, I see how society is that's half the reason i started my podcast and it was just like i'm trying to do anything i can to kind of like let my daughter become a free thinker before she's just pushed into like trying to conform to everybody else 
Because honestly, like high school, all that shit, like everybody's like, oh, you make friends, you learn how to communicate. But realistically, it just teaches you how to fit in with everybody else. It doesn't teach you how to be an individual or how to think for yourself or be a free thinker. Like there, there's an agenda to, to public schools. Yeah, dude, I'm, I was real shy in high school, super, super shy. You know what I mean? I actually failed my communications class that I had to take. And like now today, I hear so many times, like how much people like listening to me speak, you know what I mean? Not, not even necessarily the content, but the way that I say words, which is weird. You know what I mean? I don't see it personally, but a lot of people like constantly tell me, dude, you got a great voice. You got, you know, all the, I like listening to you say basic things. It doesn't matter. And I, you would have never really seen me doing this because I didn't have confidence. Like I said, I failed communications. And all I'm doing here is communicating. You know what I mean? I feel like if I went back in time, knowing what I know now, I would have fucking blown that teacher's mind. You know what I mean? So, yeah, dude, I don't I don't see much in high school that's actually relevant to the real world at all. I've never used a Pythagorean theorem in my life. Exactly, dude. Like half the shit you learn, it's not really it's like almost like filling up your brain in a sense. So you don't have time for the things that you really want to learn. Because I was one of those people that kind of like you were saying, dude. I was always the quiet one in high school. I was sitting in the back fucking reading comic books, shit like that. Everybody kind of like made fun of me and shit. And uh, like I was in radio. That was like my savior when I was in high school. I did three years of like live radio and shit like that. uh, I lost a lot of my confidence like after that. And just from podcasting, dude, if you listen to my first episode to now, like my patterns of speech have changed drastically. Like the way I talk has changed drastically. It's like just doing this, even if you're, not directly sitting in front of somebody it helps you with your communication skills and you just learn how to project your voice in a way that people will listen and even like going to work and shit like that like i'm a leader at my work somehow don't know how that pulled that one off but uh <laughs> like everybody kind of was just like passive of me and then once i started my podcasting there's just a different push behind my voice where it's like people look now and they like want to listen it's, it's an art form honestly just to learn how to communicate your words properly and actually get your ideas across just using vocabulary and not even necessarily having to use pictures and images to explain yourself. Yeah. And yeah. And and there's a whole element too, if you're not doing video, right? Like people are literally just listening and maybe it is just background noise. Like usually when I'm listening to podcasts, it's background noise, right? Um, That's why I don't listen to too many conspiracy podcasts anymore. I'd rather read my research. Like dude, in the first few episodes that I did, it's embarrassing to say, but like the first probably 10, I'd literally listen to like 20 or 30 different podcasts on that topic and then just regurgitate the information in my own way. You know what I mean? Mm. And then now I'm like going online, I'm reading, I'm coming to my own conclusion, I'm citing multiple things. And so the show's evolved in a much, much better way. But uh, yeah, dude, like there, there is something to that, that thing. But yeah, dude, I don't listen to any conspiracy shows. Um, it's mostly comedy and just like goofy stuff. You know, what's funny is that I've heard a lot of podcasters say that where it's like you listen to comedy podcasts because you're trying to find something to do, but you research shit on your own. And honestly, like I listen to a lot of podcasts because I just enjoy podcasts because when I'm at work, rather than listening to music, I'd rather listen to somebody trying to teach me something. So it's like it's not background noise, but I I like tune in and out. And then when I hear like certain topics, I'll kind of tune back in more, you know, and kind of bounce back and forth. But uh, as far as like reading goes, like I'm a big reader myself. So I feel like you just retain knowledge in a different way. like even if over watching a documentary versus like reading a book, I feel like at least for me, I'm sure it's probably the same for you. When I read something, it just sticks in my head more. Cause it's like, I have the ability to like reread the same sentence three times versus like having to hit replay on like a podcast or like a video or something where you don't, if you didn't quite catch it, you kind of piece it together in your head where like a book, if something doesn't make sense, you just go a sentence back and you reread it through. 
and it's a little bit easier to like understand the information even if it's all words just being able to see like a date or something written in front of you versus somebody just speaking it out loud like it sticks in your head better that way so i feel like a lot of a lot of the research ends up better from books and i feel like that's another thing that we're kind of pulling away from in society today is because obviously they're trying to dumb everybody down and turn this shit into idiocracy so yeah. like with all the flashy shit it just pulls people away from books because that's where all the true learning is well, you can listen to books now, too, with Audible, you know what I mean? Which Audible is a great thing. Uh, I, I, But, you know, all these things are kind of Trojan horses. Um, there is a problem, I think, with information being so overly accessible because everyone has an opinion, even on things that they shouldn't have opinions on. Right. You'll hear some fucking idiot talking about like steel tariffs or something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, dude, what do you what do you do? You know what you're talking about? Do You know anything about economics? You know what I mean? And I understand everyone's opinion is important, but not on every topic. I don't really need, you know, I don't know an, a good example, but I don't need someone that doesn't know shit about shit to talk about something to talk about shit. You know what I mean? Just talk about what you know. You know, the the art of being an expert is kind of gone. Um, Jordan Peterson, who I actually like, I like listening to him, but the guy talks about being you know hierarchical in, in you know w w all animals are hierarchical in some sense and uh be strong be tough but then he's reminding these motherfuckers to make their bed and it's like dude if you need to be reminded to make your bed you're probably not going to go out and conquer the world you know what i mean you should know and not that making your bed is freaking important but like you're telling these people basic ass things and then you're expecting them to go do great things. I like I, I just don't see who that's for. Right. It's for people that widely don't go out and accomplish shit. Um, it's mostly like an excuse to be like, well, if I could just, you know, do this, this and that, then I could get to that next level in life. But, you know, so I don't like the, the motivational speaking stuff. I think it's all kind of goofy, dude. But that might yeah, be a little sidetrack. So yeah. I definitely think it's goofy, too. And one thing I wanted to point out, too, that I've noticed a lot just from different interactions I've had in my life is that like. Me, myself, I'm a millennial. I'm not saying millennials are better than necessarily anybody else. But one thing that I've noticed is particularly with Gen Z is that they feel very strongly about a certain topic that they have nothing to back it up with. Mm. Because I'll get into these things with Gen Z sometimes where they'll be like, they'll just try to get their point across. And I'll be like, all right, well, facts do you have behind that? They're like, well, I saw on a Facebook article. I'll be like, well, did you click on the article? Did you go into it at all? Like, no, like. They want to feel so fucking opinionated about these topics, like you were saying, but they have no really like a right to be opinionated about it because they know nothing about the topic and no information about the topic. Like I get into arguments all the fucking time about the vaccine. People are like, it's safe, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, where'd you get that information from? Have you heard of the Pfizer documents? They're like, no, no. Like, so why do you think you have any right to speak on this when you don't know all angles of it? You're looking at one mainstream angle of it and you're accepting all that as fact but you've never actually looked into anything past the headline of that. So it's like yeah. you're, you're forming your opinion based on headlines. And that's something that you can't do. And that's where we have a problem today with everybody having too much of an opinion is that they're all based on headlines. <laughs> well, and that's, what's so crazy, you know, because obviously I agree with that. Right. But those people also do have the right to put out their dumb fucking ideas. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that's what free speech is. I think that that's, something that gets lost on a lot of people that act like they support free speech. Free speech is like for you, Shane, if you were to say something that I fucking hate and I hate it so much that I actually want to fight you because you're saying this, 
but I don't fight you and I don't try to censor you. I just let you say it. And I say that is fucking stupid, dude. And that's it. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at with it, too, is that like I'm I'm full freedom of speech no matter what it comes down to. But I probably didn't use the best wording for that. But like, no, no, no. I see exactly what you're saying, man. And I kind of said the same thing. But yeah, no, it's just tough because like you need an educated public. And instead of those dumbass opinions being glorified, people need to be like, well, let's have an actual uncensored discussion. There's one side of the conversation that is propped up and the other side is like canceled out always. Mm -hmm. So that's just not fair. But sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's all I was getting at. It was just that uh, like I, I'm all for everybody having the right to say whatever the fuck they want. But like, you know, if I don't want to hear it, like I'm just going to walk away. And that's where the freedom of speech comes in is you can keep chanting about whatever you want to say. But if I don't feel like there's any fact or anything substantial behind it, like it's my choice also to not listen to you talk anymore. I'm not saying you should be canceled, and not be allowed to talk. I definitely think you should be allowed to talk. But like if somebody who is educated on the other side feels the need to like walk away from you, not because you're against their opinion, but because you don't have enough fact to back up your opinion. Like that should almost be like a sign that, hey, maybe if I believe in this opinion so much that I should find some facts behind it in order to, you know, further my opinion if I'm in this situation again. And that's kind of where I've always been is that like if I ever get into a conversation and I feel like I don't have enough opinions to back it up or enough facts behind it to back it up, like I'll not withdraw my opinion necessarily, but I'll kind of like hear them. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to like the right to figure out more stuff about it, you know, and that's like the problem with a lot of people now is that it's like. They don't get to that point. They're just like, I don't like what you're saying. You shouldn't be allowed to talk anymore. And then that's where the cancel culture issue comes in. Yeah, man, it, it, it is. Uh, it's also unfortunate that like we have these experts in our society, like Dr. Fauci, right? Um, and experts that that really aren't experts. They're not intelligent people. They're they're bought and paid for people, and they're they're authoritative figures that are paid to promote a certain side of an argument right um but the entire world calls him an expert in his case i i don't know who's been wrong more in situations that he's a paid he's the highest paid government official and the guy's been wrong so many times you know what i mean but that's an expert in people's minds right in in a decent part of the portion of the population uh, but then you have people like uh, and I don't want to say like, you know, these other doctors that are just 100 percent anti-vax or are anywhere, you know, better. Um, I think that they're all kind of set up, whether we're talking about like Malone or, or you know, whoever. They're they're polarized positions and that's intentional, right? It's it's to kind of split people up and be like, hey, you know, you're either on this side or this side. They're both experts. You can find facts on anything. I say this all the time. I could say that the sky is blue and you could say, well, no, it's not. There's something else that makes it blue. And we can both have facts to that side. You know what I mean? There's no truth anymore at all, um, which is really sad, dude. You know, like even something as simple as there are two genders, right? You can have facts that say that there are two genders and then you can have quote unquote facts that say there are more than two genders and neither one of you in a, in a, freaking like mainstream setting would be wrong which is what's sad now there is a fundamental truth but uh you know there's uh, something like that shouldn't be able to be debated but everything can be debated now yeah and i mean coming back to that one too it's just like the whole idea of any living thing on this planet is that you reproduce in order to stay alive 
And that's just the, that's the basic premise of it, where if you're starting to do these things where everybody's kind of intermixed as far as gender goes, then essentially you're making it so that things can't reproduce. So you're kind of, I don't want to, I don't know, like kind of going against like the whole premise of life in a way, because if you can't reproduce the next generation of people, then like there's, it doesn't matter what your opinions are. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Like there won't be another generation of people in order to do that. Well, yeah. And it's kind of almost like that transhumanism stuff. Right. I mean, like if you're, if you're going to get rid of people and, and dude, I don't, I don't see how clones aren't going to be a thing in the future to keep up the population because you already have that with bio milk, that company that Bill Gates and uh, I think Bezos invested in it too. And it's, you know, it's, it's basically breast milk coming from human cells and it's popping up right now while there just so happens to be a formula shortage. You know what I mean? Um, if they're cloning this stuff, and who knows, dude, like there can be so many theories on who this milk is cloned from freaking Ava Braun. Could you imagine that everyone's drinking Ava Braun milk or Hitler milk, Hitler titty milk? Hitler Call it titty milk. Mil- there you go. <laughs> Hitty milk, dude. Hitty milk. But no, I don't know. You know, they're going to be able to clone all this shit, dude. And that, you know, eating the uh, clone cows, uh, clone plants, clone everything. You know about cloning plants. Cloning plants is easy. You know what I mean? And so they're figuring out how to turn like freaking leaves into f- meat. You know what I mean? Like you can get protein type meat or meat type protein out of plants now. Um, that can't be good, dude. And, and I understand that science is also part of like progressing the future and getting us, you know, to live longer and all this stuff. I'm all for living longer, but living forever just seems like super demonic, man. It seems evil. Yeah, I agree, too, because it's part of the life cycle. You know, things live, they die. That's just how it's supposed to go. You need to make room for the next generation of things to live. And if you're never given that opportunity, then you're just going to end up overpopulating. But as far as going on to like the trans slash clone thing, uh, I'm sure a lot of other people have mentioned this, but my kind of belief on what may or may not be happening is that they're trying to make it so that people can't reproduce as easily so that they can control people more. Because then at that point, you could say, all right, people can't have babies unless we clone them a baby. So unless you're a perfect citizen, you get your vaccine, you do this, you can't have a baby. And then after that, like the baby's produced by the government. So like a lot of people could see like the government, for example, as like their parent. So then there's less Mm. resistance against the government if the government's the thing that gave you life. So like it may be a long end game. It may be a far stretch theory, but like that's kind of like where my mind's going as far as like why the cloning and the trans thing is progressing at the same time is it's kind of like a power struggle where they're trying to make it so that they have more control over people. Well, dude, I mean, even something like the Handmaiden's Tale. I don't know if you've seen that. I've only seen parts of it because, dude, I can't stand the the lead actress's face. It's dude. It looks like she's just always smelling shit. Her the way her facial expressions, I don't like her face, but it's uh, a, the concept of like, you know, there's only a certain amount of, the, of women that can breed and you have to like that uterus is high dollar real estate. You know what I mean? And that money's not going to her. It's going to the state. But if you're rich enough, you can buy her uterus and, and then she can produce a baby for you and that baby will be yours. But you have to have the money to do it. You know what I mean? Ninety nine plus percent of the population can't produce so i mean yeah dude there there's no uh there's no end i don't think to the conniving nature of these elites and these depopulation cult members that follow these rules of like the guidestones out of georgia right um there's some there's some people that will stop at nothing i think 
to carry out like full scale eugenics and and just like this this weird cult that it seems that these elites follow man i don't know exactly what it is i call it satanism or luciferianism but to me it's clear that they worship the darkness i i don't think that they're about light um there's that whole idea too which i talked about recently that a lot of people that are very ignorant to this fact and i don't blame them but they say that lucifer is the light bearer right they say that he's the keeper of knowledge and i stumbled upon this information i've talked with some high level like you know religious scholars and shit like this about this privately and they hadn't even heard of this archangel called uriel he's the fourth archangel you usually hear and if this is obviously in the christian mythology right mm-hmm. um uriel's the fourth archangel you usually ta- hear about the three the three out of the seven uriel's the fourth and he is the light bearer they call him the light bearer he's the the bringer of knowledge and he's a good guy you know what i mean but everyone wants you to think that this evil dude lucifer that became satan was the fucking light bearer and if you want true knowledge and the secret knowledge that god who's this oppressive figure is trying to keep from you you know you got to follow the darkness you know what i mean and even if you want to remove like christianity out of it god would represent the government right from um from like anarchist standpoints which i don't i don't like this whole way of thinking about it but this was i forget who wrote a book about how god is the government and satan is like the uh you know the the free man that just wants to like make things good it's all about for some reason it's all about getting people away from god which i think just represents good just add a freaking o in there god is good devil's bad they want you to follow this dark energy and Albert Pike himself said that they want to make atheists and Christians alike fucking find out that both of their ideologies are bullshit. And then one world figure will rise up. He said this in the 1800s, one world figure will rise up and the atheism and the Christianity alike will crumble and they'll all flock to this one dude. And that's in like Christian prophecy and stuff. You know what I mean? So whether Christianity is authentic or not, isn't really my question it's why are these elites following that you know what i mean they're trying to make this happen albert pike was a massively influential person you know what i mean uh freemason of the century from what i understand and then also you know a alleged kkk member and a general of the confederacy i don't know if you've heard of him but yeah dude i mean albert pike he's a massively like i said probably i mean if you google influential freemasons he pops up first Actually, He's I may have the, heard of him. That name does sound kind of familiar. The, the Pike part. Say, so I, I uh, I'm not always the best with names in particular. Like, I'm good with dates and stuff, but not always names. But once I like start figuring out who somebody was, like, I'll be like, oh yeah, dude, I've already read into this guy, and that the name does sound really familiar. Well, for me, for some reason, I was always calling him Robert in my head, Robert Pike. So maybe, I mean, but yeah, Albert Pike is his name, and he's like I said, just probably the most influential Freemason. Some people say no, it's Benjamin Franklin or george washington sometimes you'll hear but um there's this incredible uh little thing i can see if i can actually find it here and i can read it to you but he wrote this letter to his italian buddy who was in government and uh it just spells out exactly this wild wild stuff that they're trying to do and it falls right in line with uh with christian prophecy here let me see if i can find it what well, is uh, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is Elon Musk, because theoretically, if he creates like the Neuralink and it connects into something at that point, atheists and Christians 
religions could possibly be disproved and they could start following him. Because I've heard a lot of crazy shit with Elon lately, and I'm kind of on the side that he's got something like dark going on with him and he's playing that nice character. But like that description you gave me, my mind first goes to Elon because I feel like in our generation, at least like he would be that guy that both sides would easily flock to, especially if the Neuralink is something as evasive as like we're kind of led on to believe that it may be. Yeah, dude, it is. Um, Elon definitely has some role to play in this. You know, I don't know if you heard that whole thing where uh, Werner von Braun, the guy that started NASA, he was also a Nazi. He wrote a book about colonizing Mars and the guy that did it was named Elon. You know what I mean? Do you hear that? Uh, no, I think I actually maybe I have heard of that one. Yeah, it's just one of those weird. Uh, maybe it's a whole thing because his mom's a witch, you know, and then and Elon's. Elon's mom's a witch, and then see? his, huh? I said, see, it's kind of yeah. into into what I was saying, man. Yeah, dude, it is uh, okay. So I got the thing up here, but I just can't find his actual quote. Um, but yeah, he wrote a letter to this guy named Giuseppe Massini, and literally just talks about how, uh, basically they want to, like I said, make the governments of the world attack their people and then the out of the chaos of the governments attacking their own people these atheists and these christians alike will have nowhere to turn to and they will uh flock towards a single individual that will save them and uh albert pike also predicted the three world wars too which was kind of fun um the first one was about like religious uh religion going against like okay so the first world war must be brought in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the Tsars in Russia. So that's the first one. And then the second one is uh, basically Zionism against fascism. So this is, again, in the 1800s and uh, obviously both before World War One and World War Two. And then he says World War Three is going to come out of the Islamic world versus the West and Zionism. So I don't think that we're on, according to Albert Pike's theories here, we're not on the verge of World War III with Russia. It's going to come out of like, you know, some some Middle Eastern conflict, maybe with Iran, um, fucking around with Israel, and then we'll hop in there for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the U.S. is bound to hop in at any point because we're always the one that anytime there's any kind of war going on, you know, we're, we're definitely one to hop in to it, except for, uh, you know, this whole Ukraine thing seemed like they're trying to push everybody to get into it. And our generations that are around right now were the first ones to be like, uh, no, thank you. Like, I'm good on that. Sorry, brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I, I, I really don't think that we're, uh, I used to think that we we're on the verge of some sort of like crazy nuking somewhere. You know what I mean? And we, we still might be, man. I, honestly, it, it's shitty to say this, but I think that if we were to get nuked here in the U S I would honestly think that it would be our own government that did it. And I hate saying that, um, but during the Cold War, um, the Russians gave over some radioactive isotopes to the United States. So we have like old USSR radioactive isotopes. So like nuclear um, forensic scientists could actually trace bombs that were dropped by the United States government. They can trace that back to Russia easily, like without even like forging any kind of documents or anything. Damn. I didn't even know about that one, actually. Well, I figured a lot of the stuff for the Cold War was a lot of, like, he said, she said shit, where that's why nothing, like, actually happened. 
was because it was like, all right, this country's doing this, so we have to do this. All right, well, this country's doing this, so we have to do this. And I feel like that's a lot of what happens, even like you were saying earlier with the whole like zombie plan. It was kind of like one of those like, oh, somebody else has a zombie plan. Maybe we should have one, too, just so we're covered in case that happens. Yeah. That's how a lot of the shit with a lot of these countries works is that they almost end up creating conspiracies by being scared of somebody else doing something that may not have even been doing that thing. But once they realize that, say, we're doing something because we thought they were doing something. Then they start doing something because they think that we're doing something. And then again, it's a back and forth thing where everybody's creating all these like conspiracies off of being worried that somebody else is doing something they're not. So then they try to do it. And then all these things come into flourishing because everybody else was scared that somebody else was doing it. Well, to sort of make that on like a more relatable level for anyone that might think that that's kind of a goofy idea that you just laid out, which it's, it makes total sense to me. But like take like a Coke and Pepsi type rivalry that's out there, right? Um Anytime Coke produces a new product, Pepsi will do the exact same thing with their own label on it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's like a sparkling water, whether it's an energy drink with a certain flavor or whatever. I mean, take take any skew that one of these companies puts out, the other one will do that. So just think of those as two opposing sides. You know what I mean? Because it's like they don't want to not do something because somebody else is doing it. Because once somebody else comes up with that idea, then then they're going to be the ones that copied the other person's idea. So it's like everybody's like trying to stay on top of being like the newest idea and the one that's on top of shit. And looking at it as a more relatable way as far as like governments go, any government, of course, their main focal goal over everything is to be the one that's the smartest on top of everything compared to any other country. Yeah, putting more money in their own pockets. So they have to stay. They have to be the ones in power. In order to do that, theoretically, government's number one priority should be protecting the constituents. Right. But that's we know that's not the case at all. Um, so, you know, we can, logically speaking, we would say that, you know, probably their their main goal is to stay in power. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, the, the classic example was like when uh, Coke came out with those little freestyle machines. Yep. Um, you know, where you can you select Coke, Sprite, any of their brands, and then you can add like flavors in or you can mix all this shit and it's all touchscreen. So Coke did one. And then like three months later, four months later, Pepsi came out with a better one that was like a flat screen almost. And like, you know, they're just always doing this stuff, dude. It doesn't matter how much money or how shitty of an idea it is. The other company will copy the other one. And that's that's just one one set of examples. You know, the soda wars were huge. You know what I mean? So it's like, you see that with Android and with uh, iPhone and stuff, too. Of course, um, yeah. That it's like Android's the one that tries the idea. It may not always work, but that's why people are like, oh, Android's janky. But then six months later, uh, Apple will do it. They'll rebrand it and make it seem like they came up with the idea. Like, perfect example. I had the first generation of uh, Galaxy Buds, and they had the, like, pass-through sound where you could, like, hear stuff from the outside. So then a couple months later... Uh, Apple comes up with that and they're like, call it something totally different. And everybody's like, oh my God, have you heard what Apple came up with? And then the other one that I thought was fucking hilarious. I have a, a S10, a Galaxy S10. It has the three cameras on the back. So then like two years later, iPhone comes up with a phone that has three cameras and everybody's like, oh my God, they're so, they're so new and they're coming up with all these crazy ideas. Like, bro, like Android tried that out. And that's, that's what Android is to Apple. They let them try out the new ideas to see if they work or not and then apple just comes back and like perfects the idea and that's kind of like their whole business model at this point well dude and all those companies they own you know blackrock and all these things they own a bunch of shares in apple and then they own less shares in like microsoft and all the companies that feed infrastructure to android you know what i mean mm-hmm. um google 
Um, but yeah, like BlackRock, their top holding, I think, is Apple. Of course it is. That's there's no shocker there. <laughs> fucking yeah. BlackRock, dude, fucking buying up and that's like I, I own my house and I'm only 28. And because of shit like them and people like them, dude, like I'm afraid to ever move because I don't want to not be one of the people that's able to own my own property because I'm not about that Klaus Schwab concept of, you know, you'll be happy and know nothing. Like I'm going to plant my fucking roots and own my house and you can't say shit about it. <laughs> are, are you, so you don't, you're not even paying mortgage. Uh, I pay my mortgage. That's what I mean. Like I, I, I like own my house. I'm in the process of owning my house, I guess, but rather than renting. Yeah, theoretically, because I'm the same way. The bank owns that house, dude. You know what I mean? That's what sucks. Same thing with me, man. Like I, I was just looking and I saw that my house in six years has more than doubled in, in uh, cost. So I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm shitting in tall cotton here, dude. I'm good. Um, but it's like, OK, well, you know, if I sell this house, um, I'm going to have to go and like get myself in debt with another mortgage payment. And, you know, it sucks, dude. And I think even when you pay your house off um, over the 30 years or 15 years, for if you if you got the money to freaking throw down double the mortgage payments, um, you know, there's still the eminent domain, right? There's still the mineral rights and there's still the air rights. You really, I don't know, man. I used to think that owning was the shit. And now it kind of is like, well, shit. Now, if I own my house and the air conditioner breaks, I got to fucking pay for that. You know what I mean? Um, still you I'm, have the right to do whatever you want on your property, even if the bank like owns it, like your landlord can't be like, you can't have a dog here. You can't do this. You can't yes. be in that room. You yeah. can't do that. Like I live fucking four miles from the city um, out of Detroit and I got a chicken coop in my backyard. And like, oh. if I still have my landlord coming here. I wouldn't be able to do that. And no, you're not supposed to have it in my city, but because it's my property and I have my backyard closed off, like the city doesn't know about it. But, you know, I wouldn't have that opportunity to do shit like that if I was still underneath a landlord or somebody else on the house like that, you know? And isn't that shitty, man? All you would have to do is say to your landlord, like, hey, man, I'll give you a dozen eggs a week or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not great. And chickens produce eggs like crazy. So uh, I guess before we get going, uh, two things I always like to do at the end of the show. Uh, I like to get some words of wisdom for the listeners from any of my guests. And then, of course, drop all your information so people can come and find you if they enjoyed hearing our conversation. Okay. So words of wisdom for me, huh? That's scary. Um, It's always nice when it's like on the draw, though, because I feel like that's when you end up with the most true words of wisdom when you don't get a full chance to think about it in a sense, you know? (laughs) Yeah, man. I would just say, um, you know, keep yourself informed. Um, I always end my, uh, you know, YouTube daily news shows, um, which I don't do daily, but I call them that. Um, I always say stay safe and stay informed. Um, I don't know how safe you can really stay but uh stay informed you can inform yourself and you can uh you know get all sides of of different you know get all get all sides as far as information goes you're never going to be really wrong as long as uh you're trying to like you know evolve your consciousness or evolve your education in some way i would just say just freaking try and learn something new every day man that's it that's something I definitely live by too. That's why I started getting into podcasts and lectures and all that stuff. So very, very true words to live by. And I agree. I completely agree with you. Also your link so that people can come and find you. All right. So uh, yeah, man, uh, dangerous world podcast, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I do the Patreon, uh, just patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and YouTube. I'm trying to grow that YouTube. Um, even though they're kind of like the digital version of Hitler, it seems like they, uh, <laughs> They will help you out, I think, if you just kind of, uh, you know, toe the line a little bit. But um, yeah, so I do the daily news dumps. Those are fun. 
and uh, dangerousworldstore.com if you want to buy any t-shirts or stickers or any of that kind of fun stuff. And of course, I'll add all the uh, links at the bottom down in the episode description for anybody that's interested in all those things. Um, I appreciate you making the time to come on the show today. I had a lot of fun talking to you, man, as always, just like on our episode of Master Debaters, and I'm looking forward to doing stuff with you in the future. Yeah, man. No, thank you so much for having me on. Like I said, it's an honor anytime uh, someone is nice enough to invite me on, dude. Seems like you're doing great things, man. So hopefully uh, we'll talk again, man. I really appreciate that. And to all the listeners out there, thanks for sticking around for the conversation. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you on the next one. Good night, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.